Keeping News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 21 of Skiba News Nation. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and this week we're going to be talking about the U.S. military in Ukraine, nothing to see here video review, issues in Europe, anchor quitting last year, prophetic Euphrates dry up, 2022 King and the Babylon Rising video, Homeland Security plans to police info, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about the sad short life of Bobby Driscoll, the first child star, and my tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer. Memes and much more, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my co-host, as always, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. Hello, Jeremiah. Great to be here, man. How are you? I'm doing fine. What about you? What do you got going on? Do it. Doing pretty good. Uh, just this week, um, well, actually, uh, just during the Sukkot time frame uh, in the last few weeks, I finished off uh, the Book of Genesis audio drama that I did the narration for. I did some of the artwork, so I was wanting to show you this. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, a four CD set, and I have like Genesis and the story of the Garden of Eden to Abraham. Jacob and his sons and then Joseph in Egypt are all kind of, you know, split up between these CDs. But th uh, this is the artwork I came up with, and I was pretty excited to Very cool. show you guys. Um, yeah, I dig it. And, man, yeah, I was excited about that. And then also last night I made a tuna turnover with uh, homemade unleavened bread, and it was absolutely delicious. Uh, it you know, sometimes when you work with bread and, and flour, uh, especially if it's unleavened bread, it comes out very tortilla-like, right? Mm -hmm. And so for, this is the first time I figured out how to really turn it into one of those flaky, buttery, uh, just delicious, you know, pastries. So anyways, I was pretty excited about my success with that recipe. Uh, and we feasted on those under the moonlight out there uh, outside of where I live. Very cool. Anyways, yeah, that's what I've been up to, so I just wanted to share. Cool, man. Well, uh, you want to dive right in? 
and start with some current news. Oh yeah, let's we got some great stories this week. Let's do it. Alrighty, so this week we have uh, some pretty pressing news, some interesting prophetic news, uh, and um, as as well as some great memes. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the U.S. military in Ukraine. Uh, there's a compilation video called Nothing to See Here that me and Jeremiah are going to do a little review of. It's got some uh, current events and uh, different compilation clips that we can talk over. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the issues in Europe. And we're going to show a video of a news anchor that quit last year uh, and how it's tied in with some current political news. Um, the prophetic event of the Euphrates drying up. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to review a clip of the British Commonwealth Games and some interesting kind of prophetic connections in a video regarding that topic. Uh, because with the Queen's death and King Charles kind of ascending the throne, it makes this event back in uh, June or July, I can't remember which month exactly, of this year, uh, all the more significant. And so I wanted to review that. And then we're going to watch a clip uh, of Joe Rogan and his discussion with somebody regarding Homeland Security and their plans to police info. So, hmm. uh, you know, th these are some of the things I wanted to talk about today because, um, you know, they're the most pressing and, and also... Uh, they're the main ones that have kind of come up on my radar. Um, but just to get right into our first story, uh, and please chime in there if you want, Jeremiah, if you have any thoughts. Um, okay. We have the U.S. military uh, and inspectors in Ukraine to keep further track of weapons and equipment. So they are titling them inspectors, but the truth is there's emissaries of the United States Army that are now in Ukraine, which is, of course, engaged in an active conflict with Russia. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of uh, things that make World War III all the more likely risky is when you start to have kind of ambassadors uh, that are there in the country. Um, so something to keep on the radar. It's, um, it says here in the story, the inspectors appear to be among the first U.S. military members to officially enter Ukraine since Russia invaded. Their work comes to light as concerns rise about the possibility of U.S. weapons arriving on the black market. So it's a little interesting how American personnel are now in Ukraine to help keep track of the billions of dollars worth of weapons and equipment the United States has sent since the start of the Russian invasion. Uh, how would you feel if you knew if the one person was selling arms to the person that was killing your kid, how would you feel towards them? Well, I mean, imagine how Russia views the United States as the one who is supplying the weaponry that's, you know, being used against their sons and daughters on the battlefield. I don't know if, you know, how many females are in the Russian military, like in <laughs> conflict, but uh, you, you get the point. Mm -hmm. Um it says it's led by Brigadier General Garrick Harmon, the U.S. defense attache to Ukraine. And the inspections have already begun with the help of the U Office of Defense Cooperation Personnel who've returned to the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. So I guess they're being housed in the embassy. Um, anyway, so uh, just an interesting article that I thought was timely in terms of 
what's going on in Ukraine. Um, we are now going to go through a video that uh, is called Nothing to See Here uh, by Grease Monkey Videos. It's a compilation of some news stories, and I figured we'd get a kick out of it and we could discuss it as it plays, Jeremiah. All right. <laughs> Here's Joe Biden handing out trick-or-treats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I saw those costumes, those sniffy ones. Here's Elon in his uh, notorious Baphomet costume. Um, Anything new happening with Twitter? Anything new happening? <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of think he's just trying to make a, a scene of it. You know, mm -hmm. he knows people are going to go crazy that he's wearing a Baphomet leather armor set. <laughs> no wonder he's a meme lord, of course. So he knows how to capitalize on conspiracies and um, yep. He also, you know, dated Grimes and has children with Grimes, who is very kind of dark and ethereal and satanic in a lot of her art. So uh, it's no surprise. Oil companies' record profits today are not because they're doing something new or innovative. Their profits are a windfall of war, the windfall from the brutal conflict that's ravaging Ukraine and hurting tens of millions of people around the globe. You know, at a time of war, any company receiving historic windfall profits like this has a responsibility to act beyond their narrow self-interest of its executives and shareholders. I assume what he's I referring to is with all the machinery that's using up and fuel and gas over in the war. In America, uh, yeah, I, I never know what he's talking about. Capacity. Yeah, I can't understand him. They don't want to do that. They, they have the opportunity to do that. <laughs> Lowering prices for consumers to the pump. You know, if they don't, they're going to pay a higher tax on their excess profits and face other re restrictions. My team will work with Congress to look at these, op these options that are available to us and others. It's time for these companies to stop war profiteering, meet their responsibilities to this country, and give the American people a break and still do very well. The American people are going to judge who's standing with them and who is only looking out for their own bottom line. I know where I stand, and I want to let you, I'm going to hear more from me about this when the Congress gets back. Well, thank you Shiver all. National Depression. Is this how our story is due to end? A tale of the smartest species doomed by that auto-human characteristic of failing to see the bigger picture in pursuit of short-term goals. Perhaps the fact that the people now, this is a guy speaking from the United Nations no some imagined uh, future on climate change. What's he on about? People alive today. Perhaps that will give us the impetus we need to rewrite our story, to turn this tragedy into a triumph. What I didn't realize was when you click I'm not a robot, what it actually does. I thought this was really button, interesting, Jeremiah. Data How... at the same time. Have a listen. Checking the box is not the point. This explains data collection, which we're going to be talking huh. about. Broadly speaking, you tick the box and it prompts the website to check your browsing history. 
So let us say, for example, just before you tick the box, you watched a couple of cat videos, you, I don't know, liked a tweet about uh, Greta Thornburg, you checked your Gmail account before you got down to work. All of that makes them think that you must be a human. Essentially, when you are clicking, I am not a robot, you are instructing the site to have a look at your data and decide for, oh, the, for wow. itself. Let me get this right. When you tick, I am not a robot, mm. it, it can <laughs> go through your history. Yeah, you're yeah, authorizing, you're authorizing it. Yeah, you're telling it it's okay. Go and have a look what I've been looking at. This really disappears. I have no idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whoa. Protest blocking highways. And they're using fire? Yeah, I mean, coming how to do, a How do they fuel those fires? You, right? Yeah. Probably gasoline. Hopefully it's behind us. <laughs> Once a tire's on fire, it stays Florida's on fire for a while. Would you be open to mandating or regulating masks? I would be open to doing what scientists advise. <laughs> I just read an article this morning. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, so I'm going to the airport right after this and going to Orlando, and I'm going to wear a mask on the plane. Good luck with that. I don't have to anymore, but I'm going to because Florida is experiencing an uptick that yeah. began this week. And it's not even the Omicron B2. Still passing on uh, kind of this so, uh, narrative. Very uh, poignant. So he's going to be wearing a mask for the rest of his life if he's looking out for every new virus. The most ridiculous one I could think yeah. of. You. <laughs> this year, I'm going as an uber-woke, overly anxious, perpetually offended 20-something. Would you like to see what I have for this costume? Okay. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Okay. First of all, I have my fuck the patriarchy t-shirt. <laughs> Oh, yes, and then I have a check from the patriarchy to pay my car insurance. <laughs> okay, I've got my, uh, my nose ring. My, uh, my, vape pen. my vape pen. I've got my cloth surgical mask, <laughs> my surgical mask, my N95 mask, and my face shield. Then after I leave the house, I have my clonopin to take the edge off, my Adderall to put it back on. I have my participation trophy, my cat ear headphones to listen to sad music, the stick that goes up my ash, and the leash for my support animal. Wow. And just in case anyone still doesn't get what I'm all about, I have a wet blanket. All right. What are we doing to increase the supply of diesel, given that the Energy Information Administration said as of October 14th, the U.S. only had about a 25-day supply. You have yeah. the Northeast and, and New York already rationing home heating oil. What are we doing to prepare for the winter and to ramp up supply of diesel? I'll, I'll take the question on the diesel, because I just don't have the, the data on that in front of me. So let me take that, and, and, uh, and we'll get back to you on that. But but writ large, the, the president has been working very, very hard uh, to make sure that we're uh, that not only are, are are we ready for fluctuations that could come, and of course the prices are going down, and, and we think that's important, um, uh, but that we are also doing what we can to help our European friends and partners who are also going to be facing a long cold winter. We have 
doubled our commitment. The commitment he made in March for natural gas exports to Europe, we've doubled that commitment um, in terms of actual, you know, uh, getting things over there, getting natural gas over there. And we are working with foreign suppliers of natural gas uh, and oil to see if we can't help our European partners diversify their own storage and supplies. Uh, many of Alrighty. them are, in fact, building up their storage capability here for, he for didn't the winter. Even answer the Some question. are farther along than others, uh, and we're working closely. Wow, man. So, yeah, just an interesting compilation of a lot of things over this past week. I, I wanted to know if any stood out to you, Jeremiah. Um, I think uh, the, the Biden thing was kind of funny. Just all the Biden uh, fails that happen are hilarious to me. I, I, I don't know why. And what was that? His jacket was caught in the basket or something? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Just kind of... I guess uh, how feeble he was looking is kind of what I got out of that. But it was a little weird, you know, They uh, Biden, who is well known for his, you know, sniffing photos, mm -hmm. you know, participating in anything with kids is probably not the safest bet. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. Nope. Now, at the, at the point, though, he's probably a little bit old to the point where he's any danger to anyone. Uh, but, you know, you got to be yeah, careful. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he doesn't even know where he is, I don't think half the time and uh with that said may the most high keep joe biden's finger you know safely off the nuclear holocaust you know <laughs> uh start war with russia button so yep. um anyways moving on i know in the clip we shared uh it was like showing elon musk in his baphomet uniform and you know of course since the halloween season passed a lot of people are all uh discussing the pagan origins of halloween and so um just to explain why people are freaking out about this particular costume uh he of course is wearing the image of a baphomet uh which is got all kinds of symbolism and uh dark meaning to the people that kind of use this as their sigil uh so yep there it is good old elon musk who just purchased twitter um I know now, previously do, we covered how he was thinking about like backing out of the deal, but now this is uh, pretty much the face of freedom of speech in America because of just the conservative flocking to his uh, kind of letting off of the, the brakes when it came to Twitter's censorship. He went in and fired a bunch of CEOs and, and people at Twitter. And then, uh, of course, he's promising to free the bird is what all the conservatives are thanking him for. Um, but then again, now he's their mascot and he's wearing a Baphomet. So, uh, what were you going to say, Jeremiah? Like, do you think he might be doing this for publicity reasons? Like just to get a rise out of people and, you know, to further promote whatever, you know, the, the, the fact that there is freedom maybe. Absolutely. I mean, Elon Musk is what I would call a meme Lord. He came from the internet generation that fell in love with the meme, you know, kind of the symbolic iconography that's passed back and forth of pictures that represent other things. So it's all inference based, which is pretty interesting in itself. It's like modern hieroglyphs mm -hmm. uh, in a way. Um, um, but yeah, of course he did it for attention. He, he knows this is going to go viral in conservative circles or whatever, but um you know, just, uh, I mean, either way, um, 
I kind of I kind of wonder where he gets his <laughs> leather armor made because if it didn't have the Baphomet on it, man, the armor would look really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, as as armor goes, but of course he's got the money to throw around and armor up like that. But um, back into some other current news. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some issues that are going on in Europe. So these are some of the rumors about what's happening right now. Um, so there's some alarm over the BASF shuttering operations causing uh, supply chain collapse. Um, there's implications of the BASF, and I'm not even quite sure that what that is. I'm going to have to Google it. Hmm. The BASF, um, the co-founded a global alliance of nearly 30 co uh, companies to advance solutions that reduce and eliminate plastic waste. Okay. Um, no, I'm probably looking at the wrong BASF. Um, it's a German multinational chemical company and the largest chemical producer in the world. Uh, I think they're yeah, related. So that's what, I yeah, BASF. Sorry, go ahead. I think they're related. BASF is was a big name in uh, recording tape and chemicals and stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, there's talk of uh, a lot of uh, famine and starvation going to be happening in Europe, especially as the winter comes. And you imagine the uh, cut to the supply lines and energy that was being transferred to Europe from Russia, uh, the oil uh, pipelines and whatnot, um, their hard winters are coming. So uh, got to keep in mind that what they've been burning, apparently uh, in Germany, they're starting to cut into uh, old growth forests for firewood, which means places that they usually don't cut into. Um, Steel plants all across the world are starting to shut down. Um, I know locally uh, in Kentucky, I actually lived near a few steel plants that uh, because of the green uh, rule set passed through the World Economic Forum, the WHO, and all these people that are pushing the green new Paris Accords and climate change uh, legislation, they're shutting down these these uh, plants. Um uh, there's possibly going to be human migration uh, around the world as these events happen, as famine and cold drive people to other locations. Um, there's transportation infrastructure failures and diesel shortages as the cut down on, uh, on fuel uh, because all these sources are buying it up. Uh, you, you talked about how the oil companies were at all-time profits uh, over the past uh, year or two, uh, especially because of war in Ukraine. And you saw some of that in that video we watched together. Um, and we've also reported on fertilizer shortages and crop failures in America, which will also contribute to the coming possible famine time, time frame. Um, so uh, 
we're going to watch a video uh, and then we're going to get into a couple news memes that I've uh, gathered from this week. But it's um, it's regarding the Biden administration and a famous news anchor that recently quit uh, uh, this last year um, who was in a vague way kind of warning about what this current administration was bringing into society. And it, it almost looks like something you'd see at the beginning of like an apocalypse movie. So <laughs> I wanted to watch this. And it is the in MSNBC anchor that quits on air and calls out Biden. Let's watch this. After 28 years, it is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown, as I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country, and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods, and it must be acknowledged and answered for. Who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. All right. So kind of ominous, the warning. Oh, yeah. uh, so that was Brian Williams, and he was a kind of a well-known face for MSNBC. And uh, and when he leaves that vague kind of thrilled, uh, uh, kind of veiled, ominous quote at the end of his tenure there at, uh, as the news anchor it just kind of foreshadows what was going to come in in you know the next year of time like as uh the the war with ukraine marches on as biden's mental state slowly declines um and uh, of course he was quitting uh you know in in such a fashion that it really left a a a tone for the things that came afterwards. Um, all right. So that was the main point with him. <laughs> uh, just wanted to share that. Um, but here we have a couple news memes I wanted to show you. Uh, so these ones stood out to me this week, but uh, as we're talking about uh, our freedoms and this is a fascinating meme that says, uh, these are the freedoms that we are given in our Western world. We're given the freedom of porn, to kill babies, of debt, and of democracy to talk about it amongst our peers because, uh, you know, group think will propel whatever sin the community deems worthy forward into the light. And so um, it's, uh, it's important to recognize that sometimes when they say they want to give us freedom uh, and it's coming from, you know, kind of the political mm -hmm. media machine that is not for our good but for our enslavement uh these are the freedoms they offer this is a interesting meme i believe i shared it once before uh it's a picture of i am legend and of course in the movie it wasn't the sickness that created the zombies it was the cure and i wanted to Ooh. share this uh recently uh there was a picture done of the phrase died suddenly and the following year and how many search results come up whenever you search for that. And um, apparently in 2020, there were about uh, 46 million results. In 2021, it went up to 73 million. And then as of 2022, 
about 1 billion results come back with the phrase being used in the article or the post or the blog or whatever, or the news article of died suddenly. And, um, it's very telling, you know, it's very mm -hmm. telling that, um, we come through Halloween and I, I saw this fantastic <laughs> serial killer outfit. I love uh, that. You can now dress like one of the pr most prolific mass murderers in human history. Um, serial killer, that is yeah. if, uh, both the veed and the unveed alike all are marching steadily towards death one day. Apparently, U.S. shoppers are cutting back on groceries as food prices surge 13%. Uh, of course, we, we've seen a steady rise over the past year of how much groceries are going for. Um, saw this one. Nancy Pelosi randomly had a film crew in her office at the oh, Capitol yeah. on January 6th. And her son-in-law, Michael Voss, came over from Europe to film and pose with Jake Angeli, a.k.a. the QAnon shaman, on the Capitol steps. But don't you worry, know, Nancy didn't help coordinate anything. <laughs> I heard it was her daughter that actually was the director of that. Yeah, I mean, of course, they knew that there was going to be a big uproar because it was a protest that had been kind of championed for the past, you know, since the November election pretty much. Uh, people wanted to say something about the the fraud that they felt happened during the election cycle. Um, so I, I can imagine that's why they had people there because any publicity is good publicity, right? And especially if you can make the mm -hmm. other side look like crazy, you know, violent people. Um, I actually had a video from that uh, QAnon shaman uh, that a, a flat earth kind of biblical creationist uh, engaged him and, and he was up on all kinds of just new ageism, uh, stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on, we have here, uh, Bill Gates shoots down a rumored Chinese security risk linked to a North Dakota farmland. Uh, so of course we know Bill Gates has been spending a lot of money into acquiring farmland across the United States. He, he, he's becoming one of the largest owners of land in the uh, in North America sphere. Um, so interesting, a, a Chinese security risk? Let's look into that one sometime. Uh, there's an interesting connection here with uh, the religions of leaders in the Americas. So check this out. Um, almost across the board, consistently from South America to North America to Canada, uh, we have the leaders are all practicing Catholics, which is very interesting considering things like how Donald Trump, the ways that he is being credited with helping overturn Roe versus Wade and send it back to the States is because he had uh, numerous Catholic Supreme Court judges selected and added to the you know the supreme court during his tenureship as president and uh and so it's interesting that not only is our supreme court very catholic in majority but also the the leaders of the free world here in the west of course you know as free as you can get when you get to uh, kind of the modern beast system um they all represent catholics and of course here in south america you have a little bit of islam and uh hinduism those are probably kind of outliers, but um, it's related to some interesting prophetic uh, stuff. Uh, you know, some people have theorized that the uh, one of the entities that rises in biblical prophecy is a 
remilitarized or repoliticized Catholic Church. And so we're now in our ne next segment here. Uh, going to get into some videos that sur surround uh, the topic of biblical prophecy, and uh, and we can discuss these. Uh, so before we get into that, Jeremiah, did you have any other thoughts uh, on what I just shared? No, I think you got it down pretty pretty good. Awesome, man. Uh, I'm really excited about these next videos. They're going to blow your mind. They're very interesting. Uh, Always like my mind being blown. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all tied to what we're seeing happen on the world stage and how uh, there's interesting biblical prophecy that ties in with it all. So, uh, Opa, let's go ahead and start with the Euphrates River theory and uh, all surrounding around this conflict that's been ignited uh, in, on the world stage and rising tension. So let's check this video out. Do you know all the scary things that have been happening at the Euphrates River? What's going on there? Okay, so the Euphrates River is actually located in the Middle East, and it's considered one of the longest rivers in the world. But it's actually drying up. Like, it's almost completely dry. But where the river is drying up, they're actually finding caves and different structures that have been under the river this entire time. But it's actually really scary that they're finding this. I don't get what's so scary about that. So what's crazy is the drying up of the Euphrates River is actually written in the Bible. And in the book of Revelations, chapter 9, 14 through 9, 15, it says, release the four angels back down to the great river Euphrates. And then it says the angels were released to kill a third of all mankind. So what you're saying is when the river dries up, it's basically the end of the world. Yeah, and just to put that number in perspective, a third of the world is 2.6 billion people. And it's just super weird that they're finding all these caves under the Euphrates River. Wow, uh, as some of Rob's research indicated, could these be the locations of the angels that were bound beneath the earth, as talked about in the book of Enoch or uh, referenced in mm -hmm. Jasher and, you know, these various texts um, uh, all regarding the Genesis 6 incursion and these angels that could be bound waiting to place judgment upon the earth as uh, kind of the end times ramp up. So uh, because of that video, I was inspired to show uh, a, another a little kind of presentation video um, and it's a little bit longer, but, uh, we're, we're not going to have, uh, many other videos after that. I think one more Joe Rogan clip I wanted to share with you guys, but Opa, let's go ahead and play the 2020 event that revealed the possible, I'm going to say possible antichrist to the world, or at least some very, uh, plain occultic iconography and, uh, rituals being used to honor the now king charles so let's watch this video so folks pay close attention you're going to want to go look this up and i give the full details completely documented in the second edition of the antichrist and cup of tea here it is july 28th at the commonwealth games the 22nd commonwealth games for 2022 you have these every few years they've been going on the whole time the queen elizabeth ii was queen it's the largest set of international games in the world after the Olympics. And this year they had uh, 72 nations and territories participating. Roughly, they estimate almost a third of the world's population potentially watching, okay? The whole British Commonwealth. Uh, at this event, Prince Charles opened it in lieu of the queen on her behalf. Now, he never saw King the whole Charles, thing. He was there in person. Yep. Before she died. At the Alexander Stadium in Birmingham, Birmingham England, okay? At that event, a giant Molech bull, 10 meters Crazy. in height, 
was rolled out into the center of the stadium to be worshipped. A and new golden calf? Mm -hmm. A large recreated, rebuilt, right there in front of everybody, mock Tower of Babel. And with shards, we covered and, and this it begins months ago when it happened. a star exploding in our solar system. Yeah. That's how they However, a lot of he, he goes a little CGI deeper into initially. some of the imagery. They portray a star outside Charles our solar system, was the one or maybe deep in our this, solar system. And an almost prophetic event Saturn. before the death of the queen. I just wanted to and kind it of explodes some of his a bright thoughts. star like Lucifer. That's what it is, exploding. And it's shards so a star breaking fly through up. our solar system, and they reach Earth. And they land, and Angels all the nations are the referred to as stars. And, and these 72 quote-unquote dreamers, new angels, angels, find yeah, these shards Revelation, Revelation outside 13, their homes. The dragon they retrieve a third them. Of the first the person to do so is named Stella. To the Earth. She picks it up. It's lit. It's brightly lit. It's like a large quartz crystal. It's bright white, lit as bright so this white. Girl like finds like a, a an interior light, as it were. Of the falling white. star, the She picks angel, this thing up, and she prays to it, whispers to it, and prays to it. Then she takes this back to her home. All these others, these 72 dreamers, there's 72 of them total, including her, pick their shards up and they take them to their homes. As soon as they do, there are anti-gravity effects in their homes. Things start to float in the air. And then their homes are lifted up off the ground. These people in them, to the big and they float in their across homes, the Commonwealth from other nations which is and across the UK, across seas and uh, oceans, watching and across the earth, lakes and forests and so forth. In their homes, to they're Birmingham, participating England, in the ritual the from the their homes. All these yeah. homes floating over the stadium, and then they land, and the dreamers exit them in front of the audience, and they have the shards in hand. The bull then comes onto the stadium, pulled by slave women, slavish women on chains. Weird. The bull. The patriarchy. <laughs> what, what, what does this represent? The suffrage? Detaches from the chains. Um, and these female movement. slaves who've been driven like by somebody who's kind of like a Roman, you know, a demon, whatever. Looks like Elon's armor. Like a Roman, yeah. Are freed. Kind right? of does. So now the bull. I wonder if we just identified it. I wonder if he bought and that armor and had a, a Baphomet engraved on it. Stadium. Well, and the leather's and the same color as that bull. These new agers and I know, right? Thing. But initially, before they do that, Stella comes with her crystal. She and five others, there are six of them, six of the dreamers, apart from these slavish women. Who and are of course, now you know, on the bowl, the other side, Elon other is side of it rubbing is shoulders moving, with kind of the very people putting on rituals like this. So is it that far-fetched okay, to, the, you know, from the track, identify from the Baphomet that he's you know, putting on his armor as his the Baphomet that they no are likely worshiping, you know, in these okay. occult circles and the uh, charges kind of upper echelons of the, of, Stella of wanting the monarchy. To this thing so that they're not killed by this Moloch idol. Goes with this new age crystal approaches it slowly with these five other dreamers she's got the crystal in her left hand and then she puts her hand up to the nose of the bowl and it bows down so that she can touch its nose with the crystal oh, in her so hand. sweet she's the only one holding her crystal at that point kidding and the bull is at least at that moment appeased and there's a whole backstory to this and they say things they announce things to the audience you know about peace love friendship yada yada you know conflict resolves slaves freed all this kind of stuff and as this is happening the uh the slavish and there are multiple stages to this so i'm going to be skipping over some things but this bull kind of calms down it's facing the tower of babel this whole time and at times there are flames like the towers like the flames of hell all over 
this Tower of Babel. And of okay? course, we have also the, yeah, and it's facing this the parallel to the, the golden calf worship they encircle it at the base mm-hmm. of Mount Sinai. Times, and they literally worship it. They've all got their crystals in hand. They bow down to this thing. And then later, Stella gets atop it and rides it as the woman riding the beast. And there are then 71 dreamers encircling it. Revelation and 18. And they're bowing down to this thing, worshiping Mystery it, Babylon. and doing a New Age hmm. worship ceremony so with weird. their crystals before this thing and inviting the whole commonwealth to join them. <laughs> it reminds me of Avatar. And who's overseeing all of this? <laughs> you know? Prince Charles. How all the Avatar the blue people the beast, are right? sitting around that tree. And as we get toward mm-hmm. the end of the ceremony, oh, and there are a bunch of songs, by the way, that are accommodating this with, with significant lyrics, okay? And I won't go into that, but it's all documented in the book. We will write you. End, okay, as it's getting book, dark. Which book, which book is this? This will be in the. This is going to be in the second edition of the Antichrist of Cup of Tea. One reason it's a little bit delayed is a little bit more self-promotion. Uh, but <laughs> it okay. makes me curious what right music were the they the playing with all these images? Because music is very so powerful up and front feet. conveys a lot okay, of information. And it's encircled. So. Maybe uh, Pink Floyd, the wall. The seventy-two. They've literally placed their flags at the Just another bracket, the wall. Not mm-hmm. just being ridden by Stella, you know, the woman riding the beast. Now the tower is rising again before this beast. It's been built. And all the it's nations. It's the reinstitution the way, the of the Babylonian already, system. At this point, or the smelting the pot of the nations where the they would tower, blur your identity as an ethnic or cultural heavens, group and replace that identity with the identity of Babylon. Babylon. Reaching the earth, falling to the earth. The devil falling to the earth, okay? The star. And being yep. taken up by these new agers. So they all approach, they, they leave the bull now, but the flags are at the base of the bull. Also, so the, the women representing bowl, the, the scattered and nations. The number 71 is extremely the 70 significant. Plus nations that were part of but the British anyway, Commonwealth. They all come to the base of this tower with their shards in hand, and they stick them into the side of the tower, and they ascend visibly through the tower. And as they get toward the top of the tower, they form this ball, the original star that blew up, reconstituted, and then it rises above the tower. And you get this huge disco-like ball atop the tower that's lit up very brightly, and a beam of light goes between that ball and the chest of the ball. Now, it's nighttime at this point in Alexander Stadium, in open-air stadiums. You can see these lights, but they're portraying the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel in our day with Lucifer being over it, being worshipped by all the nations of the world. And why do I say all? I said that the 72 dreamers were for the 72. They're for the 72 nations and territories of the British Commonwealth, right? Stella being the 72nd, she's riding the bull. Why 71 worshiping around the bull? Okay, how does that represent all the nations? Well, here's the deal. At the tower, at the Feast of Tabernacles every year, Israel would sacrifice 70 bulls, not 71, 70. And Israel's rabbis historically understood that to represent the nations that came out of the scattering from the Tower of Babel. So they took those 70 to represent the nations of the world. And the way Christians and often the rabbinic community have interpreted those 70 bulls that were sacrificed, they would say, well, we have our God and we worship him and we do sacrifices on behalf of Israel. This is how it would be interpreted, right? So these 70 are for the nations. And oftentimes Christians look at that and they think this is a sacrifice on behalf of the nations. So that maybe their sins would be no. forgiven. He's making some association here with at the Feast of Tabernacles uh, each year. biblical feasts. It was never that. That is not what it ever in history represented. So I'm going to come back to what it did represent in a moment. It did represent the 70 nations. That's correct. But the reason there were 71 around the base of this bowl 
is because Israel was included. You see, the nation of Israel came after the 70 at the Tower of Babel, right? Interesting. So now they're saying, oh, Israel, by the way, you're not going to worship your God anymore. You're going to worship Lucifer with us. Mm. So there are 71 instead of 70 at the base of this bowl, led by the woman riding the beast, representing, if you want, the harlot church under the Antichrist, okay? Well, what were the sacrifices really about at Tabernacles, the 70 bowls? Was it for the sins of the nations? I'm going to tell you no. It was their death and destruction, their crushing by the Messiah at Armageddon. That's what it really represented. When God, our God, sacrifices the nations like brute beasts, man without understanding is like the beasts that perish. That is what Scripture tells us multiple times. Those nations that did not worship God, that were at the base of the Tower of Babel historically, were not worshipers of the real God. They were engaging in paganism. And God scattered them to the nations. He brought a nation separate from them, a new nation, Israel, the 71, the 71st, okay? So we can look in Revelation 19, in Ezekiel 39. We can see that when the Lord is done with Armageddon, that the birds of prey come down to eat the flesh of the slain. Like beasts, right? The flesh is slain, like like man without understanding. Sacrifice Shout, like beasts. You know, call how back to the prophetic Euphrates the video like and how a third of mankind is supposed to God. be put to the sword in Acts chapter when 10 uh, some of that prophecy 10, comes true. Peter was shown a scroll pretty, as he was atop mm -hmm. uh, a house, a rooftop. Pretty significant a scroll in terms of current events today and how it's setting up for and a possible fulfillment. Of all kinds, creatures, crawly things, right? Yeah. Right. Different kinds of life. And three times God said to Peter, Arise, slain eat. And three times Peter refused. He rebuked God. He said, Not so, Lord. Now, almost in an angry tone. Not so, Lord. Nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth or passed my lips, right? And the third time, and each time God said to Peter, What God calls clean, uh, do not call what God, I forget the exact wording, but what call, God sanctifies don't call unclean. Don't call common or unclean. That's essentially yeah. what he says and, to Peter. And it's not talking time. about food, everybody. It's moment, talking about men. It's talking about peoples and groups and nations, these nations that, that had saw animals represented as, unclean as their banners. Yep. And most of the nations of the world. Peter himself them, interprets it like this. Yet, you know, today modern Christianity has used it to justify breaking Leviticus 11. And some of the more, you know, health-centric so dietary commands that are actually you know, for our benefit nations, and blessing. In this case, they were symbolizing the Molech worshipers mm -hmm. being killed by Christ at Armageddon. Okay? Man without understanding. All right, I think that's that's like enough beasts. for uh, this video there, yeah, Opa. You know, um, like beasts. Anyways, a great kind of uh, analogy, uh, the the... 70 nations and then how he's associating it with the imagery in this british commonwealth games ceremony of the 70 nations plus the 71 which ref, uh, kind of fulfills the role of a uh, a whoring israel or a, a adulterous church or the the uh the people of israel that were set apart as abraham was set apart kind of coming in line with the babylonian system and, uh, of course, uh, they're probably using this to refer to the nation state of Israel, I'm sure. But also spiritually, you know, the people of Israel, there's verses that talk about how even the very elect could be deceived if it were possible. So, uh, you know, the, the woman 
the whoring church that turns her back and, uh, you know, kind of worships uh, a false god or the golden calf as all of the stories kind of line up together. Uh, so anyways, that's uh, just an interesting prophetic video. And I thought since it's now King Charles, that it was really significant that this was uh, going on during this event because he was uh, kind of uh, setting himself up for a transition into this mm -hmm. role. And he, of course, came up uh, in previous episodes as being directly involved with the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum planning of kind of how to monopolize on the pandemic and uh, change up the world order and the financial order. Uh, and so he's really appearing a lot on the scene. So what are some of your thoughts of that video, Jeremiah? I just think the whole presentation is weird. Like, I mean, they're doing it out in the open just so everybody can see they, they don't, they don't care. And it's, uh, didn't they have another weird ritual? Oh yeah. We got flagged for it. The other weird ritual that they performed yeah. that, um, we got a copyright strike for, but they have a lot of weird, really, really weird, uh, I don't know the right word, uh, symbol symbology in their yeah. e events you got it it's just like a weird event like why why even do it i mean it, it's kind of like they're trying to get it into your subliminal mind exactly yeah i mean there's meaning to all of these little things yeah um and they're broadcasting it to the world but uh that brings us to our last story that i wanted to cover uh so opa if you wanted to show this last clip of Homeland Security's plan to police misinformation on Twitter. Now that Twitter is bought out by Elon Musk and he's freed the bird as everybody's cheering him on. Uh, let's find out about what Homeland Security had going between them and Twitter. I guess I'll just put that on when I want to say something incriminating. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, the thought police. So pull up that article, Jamie, at the beginning of this podcast. We should probably go right into this. Because apparently the Department of Homeland Security and Twitter yeah. were working together. Are we on? Yeah. I don't hear me. There we go. The Department of Homeland Security was, uh, they, they had a plan to police information and they were working with Twitter in some fashion. Like, look at this. Quietly broadening its effort to curve speech it considers dangerous. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks and an, ongoing lobs, an, an, <clears throat> and an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents, illustrate the expansive effort by the agency to influence the tech platforms. Shit. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, dun, 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 came into clear view earlier this year when DHS announced a new disinformation governance board. Good Lord. A panel designed to police misinformation, false information spread unintentionally, disinformation, false information spread internally. Intentionally. And intentionally, excuse me. And malinformation, factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent. Malinformation's a weird one. Malinformation? Yeah, because it's factual but it's shared oh, typically out, out of, of context. context. 
with harmful intent. That's where you're like, you, look, you don't understand why we mowed down those reporters <laughs> with the chopper. It's out of context. You can't just show the video. While the board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back, and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway as DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. So that's been wound down, apparently. Wow. Platforms have got to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, former DHS official, texted what? Jen Easterly. Look, look at that. Platforms have got to get comfortable, comfortable. with government. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. Tim Poole sent me this this morning. I didn't get a chance to. Re I was in the gym. Look, you got to get comfortable with government. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Just get comfortable. Yeah, why aren't you comfortable? With Cozy that? up. Why are you Put on some sweatpants. Yeah. Cozy up. This guy's a shill. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's creepy. I mean. I guess we all kind of suspected it, though, right? It's it not like anybody. That's is that a shocker? Yeah. Well, what what uh, Tim Pool said is that Twitter was working with them. That uh, they, I guess, like, they weren't being honest about it. They were working with them. Will we tell me that uh, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted something and tried to delete it? Yeah, it looks like I could be wrong about this, but Kimmel was pissed at Musk. Why? For buying Twitter. But what does he care? What is he mad about? <laughs> so basically, like, a lot of people seem to be really upset with Elon for buying Twitter because Elon is saying that he's not going to censor Twitter anymore. He's going to, like, let, you know, all the banned people are going to get back on, apparently. You know, it's like they're trying to figure it out, how to do it. And so this has upset a lot of people who were happy with the idea that it was being like hyper moderated in a way i think that fits in with their politics yeah right? that was the idea That's so it's like idea. so like their team was in control for a second so uh the main point i wanted to share with that video is the uh kind of the interest that uh department of homeland security has mm. in uh <laughs> twitter and information being shared i mean just the way they talk about people's ability to have a different opinion than what the mainstream uh, paints as safe and true information. Um, it's just, uh, it opens the door to the thought police. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, anyways, Jeremiah, uh, the last thing that I had for us is I found, you know, one of these conspiracy charts. Um, and of course, there's so many things kind of woven in to this uh, kind of overarching summary of a variety of conspiracies and connections. And um, wow. I just thought uh, sometime maybe it would be interesting to start making our way through this in terms of some of our, our research and just kind of test some of these connections to see if there's actual uh, legitimacy to this uh, thought map uh, that kind of mentions all of these various uh, conspiracies. And then, boom, you see right here in the middle of the screen, Twitter <laughs> uh, highlighted. So, you know, uh, just something I wanted to mention to you and see if... Uh, yeah, I'm totally down. Y y you'd be interested in looking through this sometime. But Maybe, maybe um, we can share this on, uh, on uh, Patreon for our Patreon supporters. 
yeah, maybe you guys can take a look at the map and let us tell know us. what your yeah tell us your, where to go next. Your thoughts are. Yeah, where should we zoom in here on this massive map of conspiracies and connections? So yeah, I just kind of was zooming around it for everyone. Um, but that's all the news I have for today, Jeremiah. Thanks for uh, kind of discussing with me and sharing your thoughts. Well, thank you for the current news. Uh, very, very interesting stuff and uh, kind of some scary stuff. But we all need to know the current news. I mean, I get all my current news from you because, I mean, it doesn't get much realer than what you present to us. So thank you for sharing. Uh, and before we move on to Opa's Corner, uh, last week we were talking about the Tesla that was one of the neighbors that caught the house on fire that we were discussing and opa brought some clips or not some clips some photos of the tesla that oh, is oh wow insane oh man and uh and we just shared that picture of one that blew up on the highway so yeah this is definitely something that's happening and at the same time they're pushing for electric vehicle adoption mm -hmm. which is uh do you really want to strap your kid into the back of that thing Oh man! All right, man. Well, climate well, thank change. You. <laughs> How no dare problem, you? All right, man. I appreciate it. Now it's time for an all-new Opus Corner. So take it away, Opa. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein hut. Hey, howdy, hey, it's time for another Opa's Corner. 9-11, what's your emergency? A, a man just got hit by a car. I need an ambulance. What's your location, sir? Uh, I'm on Eucalyptus Street. Uh, can you spell that for me? Sir? Sir? Sir, are you there? Uh, I'm just going to drag him over to Pine Street. Uh, I'll call right back. <laughs> when NASA was preparing for the moon project, they did some astronaut training on a Navajo Indian reservation. One day, a Navajo elder and his son were herding sheep and came across the space crew. The old man, who only spoke Navajo, asked a question, which his son translated. What are these guys in the big suits doing? A member of the crew said they were practicing for their trip to the moon. The old man really got excited and asked if he could send a message to the moon with the astronauts. Recognizing a promotional opportunity for the spin doctors, the NASA folks found a tape recorder. After the old man recorded his message, they asked the son to translate. He refused. So, the NASA reps brought the tape to the reservation where the rest of the tribe listened and laughed, but refused to translate the elder's message to the moon. Finally, NASA called in an official government translator. He reported that the moon message said, watch out for these guys. 
They come to steal your land. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson went on a camping trip. After a good meal and a bottle of wine, they lay down for the night and went to sleep. Some hours later, Holmes awoke and nudged his fateful friend. Watson, look up at the sky and tell me what you see. Watson replied, I see millions and millions of stars. What does that tell you? Watson pondered for a minute. Astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduced that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you? Holmes was silent for a minute, then spoke. Watson, you jerk! Someone has stolen our tent! <laughs> a chicken goes into the library, walks up to the librarian, and says, the librarian says, you want a book? Book! Any book? Book! So the librarian gives the chicken a novel and off it goes. An hour later, the chicken comes back and says, book, book! The librarian says, now you want two books? Book, book! So she gives the chicken two more novels. The chicken leaves, but again comes back later. Three books? Buck, buck, buck. So the librarian gives the chicken three books. But she decides she'll follow the chicken and find out what's going on. And the chicken goes down the road, out the alley, out of town, and toward the woods, into the woods, and down to the river, down to the swamp, and there is a bullfrog. The chicken sets the books down by him. The bullfrog looks at the books and says, Read it! Read it! Read it! <laughs> and now for the funnies. Vegan witches. Eye of the potato. Ear of corn. Head of lettuce. The night Eddie became a toad. Eddie's new and used brooms. This model has a seat belt so you won't fly off the handle. Get it? Fly off the handle? Sure, I'm smiling on the outside, but on the inside, I feel hollow. Nice pun, Ken.
rides one dollar. Sorry to bother you, sir, but there's another salesman out here. Do you want me to tell him to go to heaven? <laughs> Amazing Greece, how sweet <laughs> the sound that saved a wrench like me. Hallelujah! Oh, one more time. Hey, I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. Hey, I've been... Mom, Dad, I'd like you to meet my girlfriend, Candy. <laughs> Edgar... Leave him be. It's always best to leave sleeping dogs lie. And then I caught this 200-pound cat and really kicked its... <laughs> Once I drove my master's car. I can outrun a greyhound. I can bark in seven languages. <laughs> Meow. Meow, meow, me, me, me. It's always about them. That's true. Whole foods. I hear all the mice are organic. <laughs> After watching the news, I'm curious as to why humans are higher up on the food chain than us. Ed's one-second acupuncture treatment. Ready? <laughs> Freudian slide. <laughs> Carpool of rocket scientists. What do you think the problem is? Beats me. Maybe it's that thing. What is that thing? <laughs> A tragedy occurs off the coast of a land called Hanali. <clears throat> this is it, Jenkins. Indisputable proof that the Ice Age caught these people completely off guard. The Walking Dead. This show makes me feel guilty about not getting enough exercise. I don't care who he works for. Our HOA is going to hear about this. <laughs> Whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office I will find you. You have my word. <laughs> if a parsley farmer is sued, can they garnish his wages? 
I told the carpenter not to carpet my steps. He gave me a blank stare. <laughs> Fungi puns are my yeast favorite. There's too much room for error. CEO of local mirror company passed away. Please take a moment to reflect. <laughs> Who hates speeding tickets? Raise your right foot. <laughs> Adam and Eve, first ones to ignore Apple terms and conditions. <laughs> This is a private sign. Please do not read. Remember what the valet who parked your car looks like because we don't have valet parking. Astronauts use Linux because you can't open windows in space. Just sold my homing pigeon on eBay for the 22nd time. <laughs> Today's special. Buy one beer for the price of two and receive a second beer absolutely free. <laughs> Coming soon, Star Wars 12, Luke needs a walker. <laughs> Fencing, the perfect COVID-19 sport. Masks, gloves, if anybody gets closer than six feet to you, you stab them. <laughs> Stop making stupid people famous. Amen. And that concludes another episode of Opa's Corner. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Wow, Opa, that was a great Opus Corner. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Opa. All right, well, it's time for some history. Let's do it. So for this week's history, we're going to be talking about Disney's first child star, who was this guy right here. His name was Bobby Driscoll. He, uh, he's most known for his roles in Song of the South, uh, which is Disney's most uh, censored movie, which they don't want to put out. And my favorite as a child, Peter Pan, uh, because I didn't ever want to grow up, you know. And uh, so... Let me show you this first clip and give you a little backstory of kind of who he was because the sad and tragic way that he passed is is pretty crazy. So let's play that first clip. Bobby Driscoll was once Disney's Peter Pan. 
but a tragedy stopped him from ever really growing up. Bobby Driscoll once enjoyed a career that most child stars would dream of. He had a strong relationship with Disney and starred in a quartet of movies produced by the studio. But behind the scenes, the Oscar winner's story didn't play out like his on-screen fairy tales. Instead, his short life ended in tragedy. Driscoll had it all going for him as a child actor. He won a juvenile Oscar in 1949, a miniature statuette given to a promising young star. However, his Disney contract and flourishing early career didn't secure him work in Hollywood forever, and he slowly drifted into obscurity. Driscoll had once been Disney's golden child, but a change at the studio put the anti-child star owner Howard Hughes in charge. As such, he unexpectedly severed ties with the then-teenage star. Driscoll later tried to make it alone, but things never quite lived up to his time with Disney. Driscoll's life ended out of the spotlight. In fact, he drifted so far from Hollywood that no one even knew what happened to him. It took his own mother more than a year to learn of her son's fate. And it was a tragic end to a once promising story of a child actor beloved for his freckles and curiosity came into the world in March 1937. The star's parents then moved him from home state of Iowa to Altadena, California in 1943. But his parents didn't shuttle the young boy to Hollywood agents to get him a big break. Instead, it all started at the barber shop when the then five-year-old sat down for a trim in Pasadena, California. And in a 1946 radio interview, Driscoll told the world what happened next. A barber in Pasadena told me I should be in the movies. So one Sunday, he invited us out to his home and his son was there. We found out his son was in the movies and the latter got me an appointment with his agent. Driscoll nabbed a very small part in Lost Angel, which saw him act opposite Margaret O'Brien. Although he was only on screen for two minutes, it was enough to cement the young boy as a rising child star. The young talent learned lines with ease and portrayed his parts naturally. After his first two movies, he then starred in seven more, completing all nine in a short three-year span. The tenth movie, meanwhile, would prove to be Driscoll's breakout role. It all started a few months after the young actor's second movie, The Fighting Sullivans, hit theaters. Then Disney Studios called him in for two interviews, and soon enough they signed him to a 13-week contract. Disney had Driscoll sign the short contract with a purpose. They wanted him to star in the movie Song of the South. Nowadays, film critics see the 1946 flick as a very dark spot in the Disney archives. Glosses over slavery and incorporates a slew of stereotypes to tell the story of a young boy called Johnny who treks to his grandfather's plantation for a visit. Despite Song of the South's major mistakes, the movie made Driscoll the first ever male star to sign a Disney contract. What Disney saw in Driscoll was the perfect, wholesome, all-American kid who dreams of being with pirates and all that. Bobby was Disney's live-action Mickey Mouse. Along with his work in Disney's So Dear to My Heart, earned him an enormous award. In 1950, the then 13-year-old won the Juvenile Academy Award for his film work. Driscoll had signed a seven-year contract with Disney in 1949 and would appear in Treasure Island in England just after the ink had dried. After he finished that and won his aforementioned Oscar, the young star then began work on Disney's animated production of Peter Pan. In the latter movie, Driscoll would provide the voice of Peter Pan opposite Catherine Beaumont, who played Wendy. And in 2019, she recalled the experience of working with the major child star. The actress told Entertainment Weekly, he was lovely. Beaumont also pointed out that Driscoll led a somewhat normal life when he wasn't filming. Driscoll studied at Westwood University High School when filming wrapped up for 1951's When I Grow Up, Peter Pan in 1953, which came out when the young actor was celebrating his 16th birthday. But Driscoll's journey toward adulthood wouldn't be as storied as his childhood. Sadly, studio executives had decided before Peter Pan's release that they would terminate Driscoll's contract three years early. Furthermore, they planned to do it once the animated flick hit theaters. 
but the actor had no idea until he heard a rumor and supposedly went to the studio to speak to his team. The actor visited the studio to ask about his termination, but the executive secretary said that he was too busy. The actor then asked to see Walt Disney himself, who apparently was also unavailable. Then the secretary informed Driscoll that the Walt Disney Company no longer required his services, and security escorted the crying Oscar winner from the lot. So it's kind of sad to see uh, the first Disney star to actually, you know, get too old for Disney and then they just kind of, you know, blow them off like, you know, you're nobody now. And so in the second clip is it's kind of about his downfall and how sad his life became. So let's play that second clip. Bobby started to face growing contempt from different studios. After all, he was Walt Disney's child star and he couldn't be seen as anything else. However, he did find himself finding steady work within television and radio. Bobby started getting involved with the drug heroin. I had everything. I was earning 50,000 a year, working steadily with good parts. Then I started putting all my spare time in my arm. I'm not sure why I started using narcotics. I was 17 when I first experimented with the stuff. In no time, I was using whatever was available, mostly heroin, because I had the money to pay for it. In 1956, he was arrested for possession of marijuana, but the charges were dismissed. He started going by the name Robert Driscoll to distance himself from his youthful roles as Bobby. His childhood was in his past. He was no longer Bobby Driscoll, Peter Pan, Disney's youth, the all-American dream. He was Robert, a man detached from his past, a tale of golden youth derailed by the hardships of reality. In 1961, he was sentenced as a drug addict and imprisoned in a narcotic rehabilitation center when he left in early 1962, he couldn't find himself acting work. I have found memories are not very useful. I was carried on a silver platter and then dumped into the garbage. 1965 came and his parole had expired. Bobby moved to New York with dreams of becoming a Broadway star, reviving his career, but the efforts ended unsuccessful. Robert Driscoll befriended artist Andy Warhol, who of course loved having Bobby Driscoll, the former child star, as part of his scene. Robert quickly became part of the Greenwich Village art community, which was known as The Factory. The Factory was Andy Warhol's studio on the fifth floor of 2311 East 47th Street in Midtown Manhattan. After his stay at The Factory, the now penniless Driscoll disappeared into the Manhattan underground. Nobody knows of his last days. In 1969, Driscoll's mother, the former school teacher, had went to Disney Studios to ask for help to find Bobby. Bobby's dad was nearing death and she wanted to reunite him before he passed away. What she found instead was a fingerprint match. Well you see, on the 30th of March 1968, two children playing in an abandoned Manhattan apartment found the body of Bobby Driscoll laid upon a cot, with two empty beer bottles and religious pamphlets scattered around his body. The post-mortem had found he died from heart failure due to the hardening of his arteries. The children didn't know who he was. The Academy Award-winning child star, the first actor under contract by Disney Studios, the voice of Peter Pan, was buried in a pauper's grave without a name. His father died two weeks later. Driscoll's mother had said, Our minster had a theory, he said. Bobby just didn't want to be a good little boy anymore. He'd been too good. He wanted to be the reverse. Maybe that was it. You can still find Bobby's name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame which was cemented to the pavement of Vine Street in 1960, just like his work has cemented him to the history of the silver screen. So it's kind of sad to see, 
you know, the voice of Peter Pan who never grew up, actually never grew up. And uh, Bobby Driscoll was, was typecasted, washed up and addicted to heroin, alcohol, and he was homeless. And March 30th, 1968, Bobby Driscoll tragically died at the age of 31. Uh, his body, like the video said, was found by two kids and nobody recognized him. So he was buried in a pauper's grave. And I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up, and this is what, what it says a pauper's grave is. It's a grave that is for homeless, unidentified, and families that of the deceased that cannot afford a grave. So do you have any thoughts about that, Jake? I will say that this is just more proof that, that Disney has a bad impact on child stars. I mean, you see it in the modern age with the kind of the sexualization of everyone who goes through the Disney star program, I guess, like Miley Cyrus and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, many, many examples of how these icons or these figures for America and the youth of the world that watch Disney, I guess you could say, they're all kind of pushed towards the new, uh, you know, the transformation period uh, out of adolescence into like a sexualized, Mm -hmm. um, hyper-worldly, materialistic kind of uh, population that push everybody towards with that kind of indoctrination um, and kind of the you ripping the rug out from behind uh, underneath people's feet. Uh, and I, I wonder if this isn't a, a ominous precursor that just foreshadows how because Disney uses children for, you know, monetary gain and... Uh, almost as entertainment slaves that as soon as they pull the rug that all these people go down these like dark paths and it's just so uh you know they have a track record let's just put it that way yeah have you heard of the new disney movie uh, it's about chip and dale and it's like a cgi it's kind of like roger rabbit but it's uh chip and dale have you seen any previews on it or commercials or um I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, no, I, I don't think I have, I don't know. I mean, it was actually pretty good except for the fact that they used Peter Pan and he was like, like a, uh, I don't know how to put this nicely. The, the character of Peter Pan was kind of a, a hole. And, uh, I don't know <laughs> if we can, if we have to cut that or not, but he was kind of not a good dude. So the, family the whatever family still exists was super mad about that and i was upset about it when i watched it because i was like really like you're gonna you're gonna it's like like uh just like so disrespectful to his legacy i thought and being a huge peter pan fan when i was a little kid like i always wanted to be peter pan and then now you have him fat with the big belly and He's, you know, trying to kill Chip and Dale. And it's just, it, it's <laughs> oh, crazy. Man. So what do you think about that, Opa? I I haven't seen the uh, the new Chip and Dale on Disney Plus, so I really can't comment. Okay. Wait, so you're telling me the, the bad guy in that new Chip and Dale movie was, was based on this guy we're talking about here? Was based on the Peter Pan, yeah. And kind of... The, the way that he acts is kind of like, you know, um, the, 
the Bobby Driscoll out wasn't of a bad his guy. role. Yeah, <laughs> he was an older guy, and yeah. he was just—I don't know. I I just think it was so disrespectful. But th those are my opinions. I mean, anybody's yeah, allowed to have their own opinion. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm all for. Have you ever opinions? Have you ever looked into the connection between Peter Pan and the God Pan? Uh. -uh. Well, uh, the God Pan uh, is kind of like a, a satyr type god that has like a flute and he blows it mm. and he kind of can brainwash children. And, uh, and there's a lot of interesting parallels between the characteristics of Peter Pan and the God Pan. Well, Peter Pan plays kind a, of, uh, a pan pipe, I think it's called, or a Peter Pan flute yep. or something. He's like a, a manifestation of the god pan and mythology in the modern age so something to look into sometime yeah i'll definitely look into that okay so for my my third and final clip it has nothing to do with uh bobby driscoll it has to do with uh i want to pay tribute to the late great jerry lee lewis who was a rock and roll pioneer he helped form it he helped pretty much create rock music to what it is today to be what it is today and um, I was able to become friends with the family which was which was very cool um, and this was you know probably a year or two ago uh, fun fact he actually heard and was going to record one of my songs but then he had a stroke and that that kind of uh, made me pretty sad but here's my uh, tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis the killer well, we learned that the world lost a rock and roll legend today. Jerry Lee Lewis, known for hits like Great Balls of Fire and a whole lot of shaking going on, died at his home in Mississippi today. Known as the killer, was the first person inducted into the first class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. Take a look back at his storied career with us. Jerry Lee Lewis was born September 29, 1935 in Faraday, Louisiana. He started playing piano at the age of eight. After seeing his son's raw talent, Jerry Lee's father mortgaged their home for a few hundred dollars to rebuild an upright piano. But it's said Jerry Lee Lewis only had one piano lesson and it ended badly. So he played by ear and turned his passion into being an explosive rockabilly performer. The legendary trailblazer, whose high-energy piano playing and performances earned him the nickname The Killer. At the age of 13, he performed for the first time in public at a car dealership. And as a young man, he would sneak out of the house with cousins Mickey Gilly and Jimmy Swaggart to listen to music at local nightclubs. In the mid-1950s, Jerry Lee traveled to Memphis to Sun Records there. He met with Sam Phillips. Lewis's first single didn't make a splash, but his second would revolutionize music. Whole lot of shaking going on, top the country and R&B charts. That was in September of 1957, and a few months later, he had another major hit. Great Balls of Fire. Great Balls of Fire topped the country chart and hit number two on the pop charts. He went on tour all around the nation with other Sun record members, including Elvis and Johnny Cash. Jerry Lee Lewis was inducted into the first class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. And Jerry Lee Lewis. The kill. I'd like to say it's a 
great honor, great pleasure to be here in the Country Music Hall of Fame. And in 2022, he became a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. My name is Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> I love everybody. Whether he was playing country, R&B, rockabilly, or gospel hymns, Jerry Lee Lewis was definitely a unique performer and made every song his own. The killer will always live on in his music. I'm here. I love you. I, I could have done it without you. In his final days, he told his wife he welcomed the hereafter and that he was not afraid. He was 87 years old. What an icon. So this is me and my beautiful girlfriend at the Lewis Ranch, and we were lucky enough to actually be invited to go inside of the killer's house. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys. This is the outside of it once you go inside of the gates. And then he had all this cool stuff given to him all over the walls. Um, there's one of his records, gold records. And then this this photo is him holding a photo of him holding a photo and the story behind that's cool okay so in the bottom that's a letter from Chris Christopherson and then these are uh, Jerry Lee's jackets he was very much known for his very crazy jackets or blazers and then his super cool Rolls Royce which I was able to sit in and that's in his living room, which is pretty cool. So rest in peace, killer. So I hope you enjoyed that and seeing those, you know, uh, personal photos that, that I shared. And uh, I, I was kind of heartbroken when I learned that the killer died, but I, I knew he was going to pass at some point soon because his health wasn't good. And he actually was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, I think, 11 days before he died and he wasn't able to get out of bed for it and Chris Christopherson which is funny that I had that photo was the one that accepted it and gave it to Jerry Lee when uh, after he had got the award or I don't I don't know what you call it uh, his hall of fame inductee plaque or whatever and uh, they said he was getting better and then he died but I mean he outlived Elvis he outlived Johnny Cash he outlived all the music icons, and he did the most drugs out of any of them. So for him to live as long as he did is is a miracle in itself. And rest in peace, killer. Thanks for sharing. That's really interesting. Uh, just kind of getting into the the lore behind some of these early music icons. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, and. I didn't want to cover all the, the bad stuff about him, like him marrying his cousin and all that, because, you know, he's gone. So anyways, that's all I got for history. And uh, you got some good memes? You ready for some yeah, memes? Yeah, I got some memes for us if you're ready. All right, meme me up. Meme me up. All right, without further ado, uh, I know this is no comparison to Opa's epic kind of uh, news uh, clippings, memes, and some of his funnies, but uh, uh, this is uh, some of the things that have popped up on my radar. Um, 
My wife left her purse on a chair, and now it won't stop telling me to bring it Han Solo. <laughs> Ukubaka, Han Solo. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, that's, funny. that's funny. All right. Uh, Southerners be like lightning, sleeping soundly. Gunshots, sleeping soundly. Hurricane, sleeping soundly. No fan. Boing. That, you know, you're waking that's up. That's super <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is true. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you. Super um, true. All right, here's a kind of an intellectual uh, quote. Both optimists and pessimists contribute to society. The optimist invents the aeroplane. The pessimist, the parachute. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, both have their roles, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. here, uh, here's uh, another type of kind of cosmology belief uh, as a rascal flat earther i believe that earth is a highway is life is a highway yeah uh -huh. you know i'm gonna ride it all night long you know that song yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't know who sang it but that's that's hilarious well rascal now flat that's <laughs> i believe that earth is a highway okay so here's a, another uh climate change where the weather is you. always your fault yeah and the only solution is more communism uh just a throwback to greta thunberg um here's uh christianity be like you really think god is gonna judge me for eating pork and then while believing that god kicked adam and eve out of the garden for fruit he told them not to eat <laughs> i know we were talking a little bit about leviticus 11 earlier today um if you weren't aware, did you know a lot of candy is made out of uh, pork skin and bones that they like grind up? And this you, you is gelatin what? before. Yeah. And My mom used to tell me that. This is gelatin after. She used to say they were made out of animal carcasses. And I was like, isn't all meat animal carcass? Kind of. But I guess. Well, it's a little different than like kind of the gross parts, you know, the, the mm -hmm. kind of the cuttings after they. That's like all the, the edible excess. Meat. All the excess. They. Turn it's it like up hot and dogs. turn it into candy. Feed it to the youth. Um, I, I always thought it was horse hooves. Horse hooves. Oh yeah, that is yeah. There's a variety of things that they use to get that kind of I think that's jelly-like candy stuff. Gelatin. Mm -hmm. All right, here's uh, another pro Texas meme. Come and take <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's a, the Lone Star Bang State right. with the the girl with her cow and a you know. That's uh, <laughs> oh, it's the blue bell, right? Um, so, Jeremiah, I love this is our last one for today, but I love pranks. And I think it's so funny to see the, the very thought out pranks that people are coming with uh, coming up with today. And this is one of the best ones I've seen so far. Uh, <laughs> this guy is renting and returning 10 books a day from my local library while subtly increasing the size of my cranium with latex and makeup until they say something. <laughs> so <laughs> he, this guy is going into a library and like coming back with a bigger head every time. It, it just such an elaborate, funny prank. That is funny. Oh man. But, uh, you know, as you can see, uh, this is where the aliens come from, right? You know, yep. somebody, <laughs> <laughs> putting these big heads on um all right man well that was all my memes for today but uh just a few that caught my attention awesome man i loved it you have any shout outs or anything 
Yeah, I got a lot of memes this week from the Bertaria Times app. Wanted to shout out that community. Um, and as well as anybody else that uh, if you found your content on here, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to share all the things that pop up on my radar. So I just uh, shout out to anybody if you, you know, had content that I might have uh, put a meme on or something. I know a lot of it is hard to, you know, point back to the original creator. Uh, but at the very least, I can say, hey, if you see something that you think you made here, just here's your shout out. Thank you. Um, so that's pretty much all. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for another great current news. And Opa, thank you for another great Opa's Corner. And you guys, thank you for watching episode 21 of Skiba News Nation. And we'll see you in episode 22. So stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms.